0: He caught himself a foot from Kingmaker, who hadn't moved. The brawler towered over him, his oak-hard fists chambered to knock him into the fountain alongside the stone priest. The spider didn't flinch. You wanna hit me? he whispered. Go ahead. You'll feel better?" Hatham looked back. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw that the sword hadn't moved from where the gray man had stayed him, but his hand was curled around one of the short knives thrust through the belts that crisscrossed his chest. He didn't trust the Kadari to miss. Keep her name out of your mouth. I didn't think so, Kingmaker murmured softly. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode. If you're not caught up yet, I will leave a link to the full playlist down in the episode description, so make sure to check that out there. If you're not subscribed, make sure to do that and hit the notification bell and let me know what you think of the episode down in the comments. All right, on to the good stuff. I'm Josh Call, and this is Last Colosseum. The Cell Sword followed him into what felt like a fairy dream. The first thing that Hatham noticed as he stepped out under the cloister were the lights, dozens of little crystal lamps suspended on bronze chains like will-o'-wisps. They hung from the marble colonnade that fringed the garden, from the branches of the cherry trees that were just beginning to bud, from the stone fingers of the elaborate statues that inhabited the garth. At the intersection of two walkways that quartered the garden, a fountain burbled. And lounging on one of the stone benches in front of it, there were four— a tongue of steel-blue smoke rising off the green ember caught between his slender fingers, the spider. He took a long drag as the brawler approached and blew it at the moon, which had just appeared above the roof of the cloister. His eyes were glassy and bloodshot, and his face was serene. What are you doing? His voice was soft and guttural, and it was a long moment before his roomy eyes settled on Hatham, I told you to keep your head down. His jaw tightened, his gaze flicked across the dark arches of the cloister. He didn't see any of the brothers who tended the garden or the monastery of St. Osric wrapped around it. You said you'd help me. When have I faltered? When have I given you even a dram of cause to doubt me? Clearly his tongue was still stone sober. Hatham scowled. He felt his hand twitch toward the puckered white star on his side. He dug his nails into his palm. I said to wait, Kingmaker told him. He wasn't even at the edge before today. You could have told me that, the spider sniffed. And watch you go running off again to throw yourself at a dozen knights of the keep. There's quicker ways to kill yourself. He took another drag from his cigarette and blew his plume into the stone face of Osric looming above him with his staff and his charter as it is i'm more than a little shocked to see you still standing after today he thought of the boy after his blood had cooled and all the more so after they'd clambered out of the sewer he reflected that if it hadn't been for lee right now he'd be in a cell or worse For the first time, he felt perhaps a tiny trickle of gratitude that the thief had been there when he had. I can look after myself, he told the spider. Aye, the gray man replied, and damn the wreckage you leave in your wake. This is bigger than you, Hatham. The shit on your boots soils my linens. Of course, Kingmaker was only ever worried about his own damned self, wasn't he? What Hatham's actions meant for him. As if reading the brawler's thoughts, the spider sighed. Suppose it's too much to ask you to remember old loyalties. He jabbed two fingers at Haytham, using the still-burning nub of his cigarette like a pointer. So think of Amatha; It puts the girl in danger when you step out of line. He grit his teeth and didn't answer. The whole bloody business with Ametha made his stomach sour. She wanted nothing to do with him. He should have been pleased. He'd resolved when he came back to keep a mile between them, hadn't he? But even so, there was a part of him that ached when he looked at her. The part that had dreamt up vivid fantasies all those long years on the hardpan, only for them to shatter and sink on the jagged rocks of reality. She'd moved on without him. He'd do well to do the same. Kingmaker cocked his head slightly. Would. An impish smirk played across his mustachioed lips. Got a couple of farmland fillies you haven't told me about. The brawler took one sure step toward him across the flagstones. Watch where you're walking, old man. He heard the sellsword's feet whisper along the walkway behind him. The gray man held up a hand to stay him. His eyes never left Haytham's. I'm glad to hear it. There's a list of nobles as long as your arm eager to make your missus cliffside. He brought the cigarette up to his lips and hesitated. "'Course, that's not counting the ones just looking to bend,' Haytham snarled. His vision flashed red. He thundered down the path in three strides, knocking one of the little lamps off its hook. It shattered on the flagstones and sputtered out, narrowly avoiding setting the monastery and the rest of Cliffside ablaze. He caught himself a foot from Kingmaker, who hadn't moved. The brawler towered over him. His oak-hard fists chambered to knock him into the fountain alongside the stone priest. The spider didn't flinch. "You wanna hit me?" he whispered. "Go ahead." His breath was smoky and saccharine. "You'll feel better." Hatham looked back. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw that the cell sword hadn't moved from where the gray man had stayed him, but his hand was curled around one of the short knives thrust through the belts that crisscrossed his chest. He didn't trust the Kadari to miss. He looked down at the spider. Keep her name out of your mouth, he murmured. He shot an acid glare at the sword as he marched back from the stone bench, crystal fragments crunching underfoot. The mercenary stared coolly back at him and didn't let go of the knife until he'd retreated ten steps from the gray man. I didn't think so, Kingmaker murmured softly. When Haytham turned, he was watching the brawler, teasing out the barbed tip of his mustachio between his fingers. The bluish cloud filtered up through the trees and dissolved on the night breeze. It'll be harder now. I hope you know that. He'll be on his guard. Haytham opened his mouth to reply. The gray man held up a hand and demanded, I'm not saying I can't do it, but I need you to trust me. He flicked his fingers toward the cloister through which they'd come. You can't run off half-knocked again. Hatem eyed him seriously. Can I trust you? Again. Show me a time when I haven't had your back and I'll eat my hat. Once more the brawler's mind flashed that night in the alley when the spider stood by while his lifeblood trickled out. Kingmaker's eyes narrowed as if reading his secret thoughts. Let's remember who made sure you walked away that night, he said, rising unsteadily to his feet. Who's been providing for Lady Moonrise all these years? I did that for you. He sounded cold but earnest, those red rimmed eyes unblinking as he gazed up at the brawler. Then, as now, it was impossible to tell when the spider was being honest and when he was playing an angle. The smart wager was always on the angle. There was perhaps an atrophied part deep within Haytham that was grateful for all that the grey man had done, smuggling him out, looking after Am, everything else. In the end, what did it matter if he was self-interested or not? You could always rely on a selfish man to act in his own interests. It was the other sort, the earnest sort, you had to look out for. A man subject to the capricious winds of his own conscience might do anything. I need a new room the brawler heard himself say. Done. Kingmaker cocked his head slightly. Why? Because I need it. The spider gave him a knowing look. It's hard to see her, isn't it? He studiously avoided saying her name. What she represents. That life. He sighed. There's no getting it back. I put you at the Eidolon so you'd know she's safe. She'll be fine. Kingmaker nodded. He looked past Haytham at the cell sword and said, The place above the apothecary, with the view of the belfry. The mercenary dipped his head in assent. I'll send someone for your things, the spider told the brawler. The best thing you can do is move forward. Let her do the same. The soft light from the fairy lamps caught his features as he took two steps down the path. It made the sad, perhaps earnest, perhaps not, smile he wore seem almost wolfish. We've got greater monsters to contend with. the brawler grit his teeth. I'm tired of sitting on my hands. The gray man clucked his teeth in mock sympathy. I oh, know, you want to hit something That wolfish smile stretched a little wider. You'll get your fill of that. Don't worry. Remember the chore I said I have for you. He felt his pulse quicken when day or two, maybe three. Kingmaker shrugged. How fast does a caravan cross the desert? At this, a dozen possibilities raced across Haytham's mind, one after the next. Outlaws, slavers, tribesmen up from the blood plains, Kadari milk merchants, heretics. It took an especially hardy or especially mad sort of man to make the trek across the parched heartpan. He didn't bother asking. It didn't matter. Whatever brought him closer to the devil? Lucian... The gray man had halved the distance between them. The dark circles under his eyes made them bright, almost feverish. You do this for me, and when the time comes, I will point you straight at him and give you all the running room you need. The brawler stared long into those fever-bright eyes and nodded. A wide grin broke open on the spider's face, and he rubbed his hands together with surprising energy for a man half sunk into the poppy hole. He looked from Haytham to the cell sword and back again. There, now that we're all friends again, is there anything else? A kafim. Hatham looked back. The mercenary was leaning against one of the stone columns of the cloister, inspecting his long fingernails. Kingmaker nodded. The boy. Haytham's head snapped back to the gray man. He fought to keep his face blank. Who is he? The brawler's lips pursed. He did me a good turn. I should think so. By rights, you should be in the stocks right now. Or a noose. How long have you been running around with him? Hatham noticed with some pleasure the twitch in the gray man's fingers. Nervous. The spider rolled his eyes. Only my bowels, King Megger drawled. But if there's someone else contending for your interests, I should think I have a right to know who he is. The brawler watched him squirm for another few seconds. He's no one, he muttered at length. He wants to help. With. Haytham didn't say. He didn't need to. The older man's face dropped. You told him. He guessed. Haytham saw the spider's jaw tighten just before he gave his back to the brawler. He spat something in Kadari. The sellsword answered in kind and laid a hand on the butt of his short sword. The gray man growled something else, then turned on his heel to face Haytham. Let's bring him in. The brawler looked at him askance. The spider smirked. It looked forced. "'He's offering to help. Let's see what he's made of.' Hathem looked back at the sellsword, whose hand was still curled possessively around his sword hilt. "'Don't hurt him.' The mercenary didn't react. "'Perish the thought,' objected the grey man. "'But I never work with someone without first having the proper leverage. "'Bringing him in is a good start. The proper leverage.' He didn't like the sound of that, nor what it meant for him. What sort of leverage Kingmaker might use to keep the brawler in line. He'd already caught a knife once when he dared to fall out of step with the brethren. He reminded himself to mind his back with the spider. Kingmaker would only keep him around so long as he was useful. And if the time came when he wasn't, Haytham had to be ready to strike fast and strike hard before the gray man could retaliate. He hoped it didn't come to that. He saw a couple of Osric's monks as he strode through the darkened monastery on his way out. Their faces were made skeletal by the dancing shadows thrown by their candles. A hand caught his arm at the top of the steps outside. They twisted down to the city proper, where lamps hung like torchbugs in neat rows along the wider boulevards. It was the sellsword. He was standing one step higher than Haytham. He looked down into the brawler's eyes and muttered with only the slightest accent, If you ever touch him... I will break you. He jerked his head back toward the garth. Haytham blinked. He hadn't heard the sellsword speak in the vulgar tongue before. He recovered quickly and regained the step on which the mercenary stood. He loomed half a hand taller than the sellsword. They clasped forearms. Haytham felt the bulge of the dagger strapped under his leather bracer. He pulled the Khadari close and said in his ear, I'll be ready. He felt the sellsword's eyes on the back of his neck all the way down to the city. Braden waited until Randall and the brawler had disappeared into the monastery. The sweet milk made it feel as if his body had been dipped in liquid warmth. When he returned to his perch on the bench, it was with the slow, shuffling gait of an old man, though for now he didn't feel all the familiar aches that crowded his tired joints. He saw the green ember of his cigarette between the flagstones where he dropped it. A wisp of smoke still rose off the end of it. He eased himself down with one hand on the bench for support and picked it up with two fingers. The nub was halfway to his lips, and with it golden oblivion, when the sellsword's voice broke the stillness behind him. I didn't like that. His lips were a colorless line, the closest Randall ever came to an outright scowl. He'd almost run Haytham through when the brawler came at his master on the bench, even after Braden had forewarned him. I told you he's in control, Kingmaker replied. I can use him. It was close, though. There'd been a moment, just a moment, as the reaper bore down on him when Braden's confidence had wavered. He held his hand up again and saw that it was still trembling. Randall might have run the bastard through, but that wouldn't do much for the grey man if Haytham dashed his brains on the edge of the fountain, would it? He sat there under the splayed arms of St. Osric and watched the moon creep higher through the budding cherry branches. Randall drew a few steps down the path, paused, one finger tapping his thigh where one of his many knives were strapped. "'Well, go on. Out with it,' the gray man murmured. "'You're making me nervous. Kaidake basse fat." Braden sighed. The edges of his vision were starting to cloud over. He took one last pull of sweet fire from the cigarette, ignoring the look of thin distaste from the sword. "'I might have to,' he admitted. Or else kill him. He's not the sort to lay aside old grudges. He flicked the ember over his shoulder and heard it hiss between the saint's stone feet. He imagined one of the monks peering down from his cell and shaking his fist in pious rage at the gray man. So what? He'd all but built the damned fountain. Randall laid a hand on his hilt. Ulmer. Braden raised his eyebrows. Aren't we bloodthirsty? The cell didn't react. "'Save it for the nation. You'll need him to have your back.'" Even from the depths of the poppy hole, the thoughts of retaliating against Shiloh, cut for cut, crown for crown, made his pulse quicken. There was a wonderful kind of irony in wielding the Reaper as his weapon against the piglet. This opening salvo wouldn't be enough to drag their conflict out into the open, not yet. Neither of them wanted to force the other brethren to choose a side. They were like archers trading volleys as their armies moved with slow, relentless purpose toward that beautiful, bloody clash. It'd be one for the minstrels. Thank you guys so much for listening. It really is a blast to be able to share this story with you. If you're listening on podcast, if you can please leave a five-star review that really allows this story to reach as many people as possible. All right, that's it from me, and I will catch you guys next week.